1: There's also, you know, 240,000 of them up and down the coast and, oh look there, you see the example of the knocking each other off.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we we just had some sea lion drama, didn't we?
1: Yes, yes, and now he's going to try and get on top of all the others, so... (laughs)
2: This is like a San Francisco Board of Supervisors meeting. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) You just heard Pier 39
2: Harbor Master Sheila Chander with recently retired Pier 39 CEO Taylor Safford. Hello, Heather Knight. Welcome to Total SF and our Sea Lion episode.
0: This was so much fun. I mean, what other jobs do you get to go hang out at Pier 39 and watch sea lions?
2: And what great timing. Animal Month has come down to parrots and sea lions. We had parrots last week. Sea lions get their time this week. And they're the heavy favorites. (laughs) So to to speak. (laughs) So to speak. God, you and your animal puns. (laughs) They're the heavy favorites to win official Animal of SF. This has been an exciting, exciting few weeks.
0: Yes. I mean, who needs the NCAA tournament when you have official animal
2: month? (laughs) Or you could have both. (laughs) Um, Let's recap this incredible project. Listeners and readers helped us pick 16 animals. They had a lot of influence. We ended up having more native species, less captive animals. Seagulls were out quickly. That created a lot of controversy. Mission Blue butterflies and the San Francisco garter snake surge. They did really well, brought attention to those species. and the corgis were out a little too quickly, I thought.
0: Very quickly. I told you we should have gone with just the general category of dogs, but you didn't listen.
2: Yeah, well, I thought this might create a rift in the total SF relationship between you and I, and I want to offer a peace offering here. So actually, you don't know about this. This is a surprise. I brought you a gift, Heather. Wow.
0: Shall I open it now? Oh, no,
2: open it now on the air.
0: Oh... It's a very cute little corgi stuffed animal. Yeah. So cute. Isn't it cute? It's adorable.
2: <laughs> it's, it's an adorable little animal. How can you say anything negative about that sweet, sweet little pup?
0: Well, this sweet little stuffed animal will last a lot longer than the corgis did <laughs> in the official animal contest.
2: So let's move past corgis as your little corgi is sitting there staring at you. (laughs) How do you feel about our final two? Um, They're not really from here, but I like that both parrots and sea lions came to San Francisco from somewhere else, made a lot of noise, and sort of became immortalized as part of the city, just like a lot of my favorite San Franciscans. Robin Williams, Harvey Milk, Rita Moreno, they're all not from here. They all came here and made their mark just like our parrots and sea lions.
0: That is a great metaphor. I love both animals. We don't know the winner yet, but I think they're both excellent choices.
2: Well, sea lions get their time today, and we have two great guests to talk about them. Sheila Chanders has been working at Pier 39 since 1985, and Safford just recently retired. He was hired at Pier 39 in 1979 when it opened, he'll talk about that, and worked up until the end of last year Continuously at Pier Thirty Nine, and he totally still loves Pier Thirty Nine.
0: It kind of reminded me of how you and I have been at the Chronicle for about half <laughs> a century together. So, he has been at was at Pier Thirty Nine, I think, for forty four years. So. Who knows, maybe we can make it that long.
2: I don't know if I want to be here 44 years, like <laughs> 35 would be kind of perfect. Well, we talk about Diane Feinstein in her bathing suit, we have a photo of that in the Chronicle archive, which I'll share on Twitter. It's related to Pier 39. We talk about the backlash from San Francisco residents against Pier 39, which was actually a surprise to the people who built Pier 39. And we talk a lot about the arrival of the sea lions. It's a really positive story from after the 1989 earthquake. Excellent, excellent sea lion content in this episode. I'm Peter Hartlob, here with Heather Knight.
0: I think we did a great job winging this.
2: And I ain't sea lion, and this is Total SF.
0: That was really bad, Peter. Sheila and Taylor, welcome to Total SF. <laughs>
3: Thank you Thank very you. much.
0: Well, we enjoyed our visit to the sea lions. Humans have had a rough few years. How has it been for the sea lions?
1: I think the sea lions have primarily been on easy street, you know, <laughs> and I think some of that is that they have this lovely safe place where they can haul out and enjoy the, the crowds without being bothered by them because that overlook affords that. But, um, yeah, they, they've, I mean, there have been some t- challenging times, even for sea lions, with uh, the food sources going further out. They've had to swim out further to find food in some cases but the general health of the bay is pretty good and they're like the canary in the coal mine when it comes to that so when you see a big bunch of you know fat happy as you (laughs) notice very noisy chatty sea lions it's a good indicator that we have a good healthy bay too oh good Yeah. yeah they
0: looked very happy out there
2: well taylor i understand you were here in the beginning 1979 what was your first job at pier 39
3: so uh, I arrived here in February of 79 having just left college and trying to find my way through uh, some, some kind of a life which I didn't know what <laughs> the future was going to hold and I wound up working in the arcade here at Pier 39 as a, a games attendant making change for people playing the, the games on the midway or running the bumper cars, the carousel. So it was a very interesting first job. Uh, it was actually a very good grounding in uh, the pier and life in San Francisco. You've had a few promotions since then.
2: I know you recently retired, but uh, you were the CEO at the end. Did you work here continuously?
3: I did. I had a, oh, I was lucky enough to have a 43-year career. Wow. Here. That's 39. unheard of these days. It's pretty unusual. People look at me like I have two heads. <laughs> <laughs> um, i was just fortunate to be able to uh get a series of opportunities and i you know finished college here i went back to graduate school at night and so I, i i carved a little path for myself in the company and i i also saw pretty early on who the key people were, the owners of the business, the general partners were, are not local, and therefore I, I could see who the people who had influence on them the most, so I followed their path and uh, got into finance and accounting and, uh, and and that allowed me to do a lot of additional have a lot of opportunity here. Did you still sure.
0: sneak into the arcade? I, I, I didn't.
3: <laughs> well, well, unfortunately, the arcade closed in, in the 90s yeah. um, and then got moved into a restaurant here. We still have an arcade on, on the property, but not as sort of grand a scale as we had originally. And it was a massive arcade, as you know. Peter. Oh, I,
2: I came in, in the early 80s and I was big in arcades, and I remember it was huge. Like you could get lost <laughs> oh, in it. Totally. Yeah, Defender, Centipede, Missile Command, what was your game? Asteroids.
3: I was a big Asteroids guy, and I was also a pinball guy. So those two things, yeah, we probably had 50 pinball machines. It was great. So how
2: did Pier 39 end up here? Um, It was not originally here, uh, late 70s. I think 79 was the the opening, 78,
3: October 4th, 1978 was the opening. So the story is that the original developer, a guy named Warren Simmons, uh, was an airline pilot um, and uh, a, a real estate, residential real estate developer, and he, and a, and then he started uh, the first nationwide Mexican restaurant chain called Tia Maria. Um, and he was walking with his wife one night on the Embarcadero and came across pier, cargo pier number 39, and there was an unlocked door. And they walked their way to the end of the pier, and he looked at his then wife and said, "This would be a great place for a Tia Maria restaurant." And from that. Kernel of an idea, getting together with architects and and the shopping center that is today uh, sprang. And uh, so he he spent a million dollars of his own money getting it entitled in 1975 dollars, um, and which is a whole lot. Um, but he took all the risk and uh, and opened it uh, on time, and that's why Dianne Feinstein showed up in a in a, in a one piece <laughs> to cut the ribbon. You know, they had a bet going that he he would, she bet she he wouldn't make the, the October 4th date, and he made sure he did. Uh, so she showed up in a one piece. The pictures are great. But
0: she had a turtleneck on, which is sort of.
3: Well, well it was one one piece. There's <laughs> a story
2: behind that. She, she initially, I think, said she was going to come in a bikini. She did, yes. And then <laughs> she kind of weaseled out of it a little bit and said, well, only half of the stores are open. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wearing the one piece, but she's wearing, yeah, the Sutra yes. baths. Yes. <laughs> I, I heard that there were even bigger plans. That there was talk of like a big Ferris wheel. And was this, did this end up being a little bit
3: of a compromise? No, the Ferris wheel came later. The Ferris wheel came after we opened. So where the carousel is now uh, behind us in the back of the pier, um, that used to be in the arcade building. Um, so the what was there was a high diving uh, attraction that, you know, every hour divers would go up 70 feet in the air and dive into a 12 by 12 by 12 pool. It was a spectacular. Their show but i think they were paying the divers like a hundred dollars a show back then which was wound up being a lot of money you're, so the, you're the ceo <laughs> what's the insurance <laughs> like for that i think that's why it's no longer here yeah. so um the, i think the divers were here till probably 1982 or 83 it wasn't it wasn't very long after that uh things got relocated but once there was not a diving show in the back of the pier you know people are scratching their heads what can we do with this and so uh, the pier actually did make an application uh, to the Planning Commission to do a Ferris wheel at the back of the pier and it never got entitled, but the idea was um, sc- scratched, I'll yeah. say.
0: We yeah. learned how um, contentious Ferris wheels are. Oh, don't we know? <laughs> don't we
2: know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you better not open a Ferris wheel in San Francisco. And it's like
0: the worst <laughs> <Yes>. thing <laughs> you can do.
1: Yeah.
2: Well harshly criticized by some, there were some, Herb Kane was pretty pro Pure 39, but our ec- architecture critic, Alan Temko, who wrote brutal. some brutal reviews, <laughs> wrote what I think is like the all-time most brutal takedown, I, I'm going to read it for you in front of you here, ready? This is the lead. <laughs>
3: I'll try not to fall over again. Corn,
2: Kitsch, Schlock, Honky Tonk, dreck, Schmaltz, merday. Whatever you called the pseudo-Victorian junk with which Warren Simmons has festooned Pier 39, this ersatz San Francisco that never was, a chef d'oeuvre, d'oeuvre, I'm sorry, of hallucinatory clichés, is a joke on the port and planning commissions, and especially a bad joke on the whole unfortunate city. Ouch. Ouch. And, and there's, there was more than a little bit of that opening up. Yeah, there was.
3: Um, and we're and I'm still a little bitter about it too, um, because you know I've spent my whole career here. The I, the, the place has been enormously successful. It, you know we have 2, 2,500 approximately jobs that we support every single year wow. in the city, uh, which is fantastic for from all the tenants. That's a lot. We pay a lot in in taxes and money to the port rent. Um, so this is a significant economic engine. It's been a very good thing for the city. Uh, you know, and the, and this is essentially one of the reasons it's sort of propping up some of what that's going on in the wharf now, too, because the wharf has had some troubles, you know, post-COVID. So there's a lot of vacant storefronts, and and I know those will be fixed. But, you know, in the interim, we still got to provide some things for people to do and enjoy in San Francisco. And I think Pier 39 fills a very important role.
2: I suspect that certainly now with what's going on downtown, with Moscone Center suddenly having trouble booking people, I'm suspecting that people are happier about pier 39 now at least in the city
3: i hope you're right i don't hear much talk of that <laughs> yeah. i think the locals uh, love to hate us um but we uh but they you know in truth they hate to love us because they come one yeah. in five of our visitors are nine county bay area um, residents so hmm. we get a lot a significant proportion of our visitation from locals sheila how long have you been here
1: since 1985, oh, wow. oh very good. I actually good. predate the sea lions. <laughs> <laughs> they followed you. <laughs> well, they yes, they did. I think <laughs> I certainly have precedence over them.
2: <laughs> I, I don't have to ask each of you if you could share a Pier 39 story, just one that you love telling. You're at a party and somebody finds out where you work. What's your go-to?
1: Uh, well, I'll start, all right. So on the same vein with the sea lions' arrival, um, when they first arrived, it was absolutely overwhelming for us. Um, and they were all on the docks and they were up on top of the uh, dock boxes and the plumbing was, you know, water was gushing and the people trying to get to their boats were getting chased. So we we were um, calling in experts to help us with how to deal with it. At the, that point, we hadn't even decided whether we wanted to have them around. Um, so somebody came from the Department of Fish and Game and he was in full uniform regalia and he's you know, pontificating as we walked down the dock about how this is how you um, keep them away from you. And he opened up his jacket to make himself very big and was immediately charged <laughs> by a, a huge, uh, sea lion who probably weighed about four to five hundred pounds but not only that he took off running up the <laughs> ramp and left me standing oh, there wow. and i don't think he stopped running till he went all the way down the end of the pedestrian <laughs> walkway so that was my first example of um you know how not to actually deal with the sea lions
0: do you know why they came in the first place
1: Well, there's a lot of theories about it, but honestly, I think it's primarily because uh, it was opportunistic. I had just. Finished rebuilding K Dock at the time, so it was nice and pristine. It's right, as you see, by the entrance to the West Harbour, so there's easy access. And um, there was a, her- a big herring run. We used to get really big herring runs in those days. And we actually used to have big herring boats come down from the Pacific Northwest just to kind of mine, they'd hang seaweed over the sides of the boats and the row. Would would you know they lay the eggs and then they would roll that up and send it to Japan and it was very expensive. So there was a big industry. There was a lot of activity with the herring, and I think that attracted. We had one hauled out and we nicknamed him Flea Collar at the time because unfortunately he had a piece of fishing line wrapped uh-huh. around his neck but it wasn't fatal and they were eventually able to get it off him but one sea lion that's all it took he hauled out he saw everything uh-huh. was going well um and he started barking and you know the rest is history <laughs> within two months we had 1400 oh my gosh wow. yeah and he was obviously calling out you know seafood's great
3: at <laughs> What about you, Taylor? Do you have a favorite? Uh, so I'm going to piggyback on Sheila's story because uh, you recall that they, in uh, January of 1989, we had, the, or October of 1999 we had the earthquake. And so three months later, the sea lions start to arrive. And so um, the, at first, the management thought they were a nuisance, and certainly the boat owners did. It was a, It was certainly a problem. But you know, after the earthquake. You know this place was really, really quiet. I mean travel stopped to San francisco we didn't, conventions were all cancelled we, we had restaurant tours we were just putting food out on tables for the workers here who were cleaning the pier up after the earthquake. It was a really a disaster and for months afterwards Dan Rather sat with an image of the section of the bay bridge that had fallen behind him as he gave the five o'clock national news every day it was it was the worst kind of publicity that the city could have gotten It was really unfortunate so for a long period Period of time months and months and months and months we were sort of devoid of customers it was very tough but the salvation was the arrival of these animals and once they came and once the peer recognized that we can't make them go and by the way they're look at all the people looking at them they're really good for business we, we got calls from the London Times, from Pravda. We got calls from all over the world. We hear this, this wonderful story of sea lions. What's going on? So we got so much coverage. That summer was great, but it could have been a real disaster, an ongoing one, yeah. because things were really quiet all
0: Did Dan rather switch his background yeah. to the sea <laughs> <line>? Ultimately, <laughs> thank God.
2: <laughs>
3: we
0: wish.
2: <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break
0: Well, as you know, the sea lions are doing very well in our official animal month contest. But Sheila, there seems to be some confusion between seals and sea lions. Uh Can you explain to our voters what the difference is?
1: I'll absolutely do my best because I don't want to get a bad grade from the Marine Mammal Center (laughs) at this moment. But the California sea lion, the one that we see out there on K dock, has those very large front flippers. And they're generally bigger in size. And they have, um, you can't really see, they, they have a very pronounced bump on the top of their head when they're mature. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's the one that you see. It's the one that people always associate with the circus, balancing the ball on uh-huh. their nose, you know. And you see them with those big flippers. Um, the, the seal, uh, we have little harbor seals that come in here. They have these they look to me like a little fat cigar you know Mm -hmm. they have this perfectly round body they're usually light grain speckled the ones that you'll see out here Um, big big eyes very puppy-like features and they're usually about a third of the size of a California sea lion fully grown and they don't have those big flippers so when they haul out they undulate Mm. to move around but they're equally fast in the water. So I hope Marine Mammal Center if anyone's listening (laughs) that I did all right there. You got an A+. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Well the sea lions are really fun to watch from a distance. What are they like up close? Have you ever had any bad encounters?
1: Um, Personally, I haven't. But I will tell you that my crew, when they have to go out there and they're, you know, hammering nails or they're reattaching the float chains, some of those younger California sea lions get very mischievous and they'll literally come up behind and just splash them. You know, very, de- you see it happen. I mean, they'll literally like smack the water with their flipper to, to splash one of the crew. And then they'll take <laughs> off, you know, and uh, they'll chase the, the boat sometimes. We have a patrol boat, um, which we've actually bought. We bought one designed to help us do rescues. So the whole front of the boat will come down, you know, but they know that boat. They know that it's time for the sea lion washing. We do a float wash uh, once a week so that they don't get too smelly out there. Um, So they know that's coming and they literally, they'll just jump off the float and wait in the water patiently. And then we call it room service, you know, so uh, yeah.
0: Do you think they're good ambassadors for the city?
1: I think they're tremendous ambassadors for the city. They've got an international brand. I've traveled abroad, I go to Europe quite often, and that's one of the first things people say when they know I'm working here at Pier 39, they always say, oh, the sea lions, the sea lions. <laughs> and lots of my friends who've traveled even you know, much further afield have had that experience too. So absolutely, and you know what? There's no better feeling than watching animals you know yeah. especially at play and they're very playful it just makes you feel good yeah yeah
2: what's the most that you've seen at once in, in one one sitting out there
1: 17 over 1700 <laughs> wow yeah I mean we actually had to stop counting but you know at that level they start trying to spread out and and encroach on other territories so it gets really difficult to keep them just around the K Dock area. Yeah. But that's the most and that's a little too many. When was thank that? You. Oh that was back in the earlier days yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I remember seeing headlines and, and you know when I'm a kid I don't pay as much attention to it. But it was a pretty big deal with the K Dock. You had to you had some people who wanted boats there. Correct. Yeah. Well, we yeah. had
1: people that owned long-term leases of the of the boat slips there, um, but you know what we eventually did when the decision making was kind of made for us about whether or not they were going to stay, um, we relocated them to other slips in the marina, and it was possible to do that. Yeah. So we actually were able to mitigate that pretty pretty well. How?
2: To what degree do you interact with them? I mean, do you feed them? Um, is there care for them if one gets sick or there's an issue with one of them? Are they all on the payroll? Because I swear <laughs> we went out there and they just, first of all, they're they're all as close as they can get to the tourists. And then as soon as the journalists showed up, they start like, you know, barking and having a little fight. And How much do you guys get involved?
1: Um, Not too much. I mean, it's important to really keep away from them. They are wild animals, and we want them to be a natural... We call it a natural attraction. Um, But we don't feed them. You can't feed them. It's actually against the law to feed them. But they want live food. They're not... If you threw a fish over there that wasn't alive and swimming, they wouldn't be interested in it. They want to chase their food and that. So... um, But we do risk... We do... uh, help the Marine Mammal Center rescue them. So if there's one out there with fishing line around it or it's been um, bitten very badly, then we will contact Marine Mammal Center, they'll come out and we'll use our boat with that front that flips down to help rescue an animal Mm -hmm. so they can take it to the Marine Mammal Center in Sausalito.
0: And then do they bring it back here?
1: They release them, usually they release them on the beach Mm -hmm. because that's just an easier release and it's less stressful for the animal.
2: Wondering too, like, are you worried about them ever leaving? I mean, just as quick as they came here. And it's such an identity for Pier 39. We have a Pier 39 tablecloth here, and I think there's a seal on it somewhere.
1: I've never had personally, I know the ownerships had worries about them leaving, but we did have one year, not that long ago, when it was, you know, it looked like they'd all left. Because for a very short period of time, there wasn't one sea lion on the dock. But that was during a time when there was actually a a real shortage of fish in the bay at that moment for various climate reasons. You know, the water was warmer and the fish were going further north. So they just, they go where the food is. So they were swimming further afield and they were, they, they tend to hunt in packs. And eventually they came back. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, sometimes you'll come in the middle of June or July and there may only be one or two because that's also when they go south to May.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, well, I can tell you that, that the loss of the sea lions has been part of our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats analysis for many years yeah. because wow. it's something we don't control. Yeah. You know, so what would happen? So just sort of modeling that out in our minds. Of what, would we, what could we do to mitigate it? Probably nothing, but um, the impact would be, gigantic on us. It's part of our identity now. Um, And that would be very unfortunate, but they they get to go and come and go as they please. So we hope that day doesn't come.
0: Well, we know that beyond the Hard Rock Cafe, there's a lot of small businesses here. How are they doing?
3: So they're actually thriving. So we've we've had a good recovery. Uh, the you know the first two years of COVID was very tough, as it was for everybody. Um, but people are coming back and visiting again. There was a lot of pent up demand from COVID, so people were dry. The drive market was was a very big strength for us in in 2020 summer and uh, 2021. Uh, but you know people are traveling again. Airline demand is off the hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are you know planes are more crowded than they've ever been. Um, so people do want are are looking for things. To to do with their families and so we're just trying to keep our brand and reputation out there so people think about us when they're in town
0: are you back as full as you were in 2019
3: or we're very close so uh-huh. from a sales standpoint we're very close from a traffic standpoint um, it's close but we're still missing you know the the Asian visitation is is largely still going to be missing I think China is discouraging people from from traveling to the US at this point so and making it tougher to get visas so I think that segment is probably not coming back for fully for a couple of years mm-hmm. but the but the domestic market has made up is probably larger than it ever was. So Mm -hmm. we're not quite there yet, but we're very close.
0: There's been a lot of focus on San Francisco downtown really struggling. Um, Only 30% of traffic back there. Does that affect you guys at all, or is it two completely separate Things. It's
3: pretty separate so we're the really the excursion market where people are traveling with their families and it's a very family oriented destination as you know so the people who are downtown many of them are conventioners who sort of fill those hotel rooms and those restaurants not so much here mm-hmm. um, so I think we're we're hurt a little bit by the, the city you know, not having much, a vibrant downtown mm-hmm. but we're we're able to sustain ourselves without it or, or we have been and hope we hope we continue mm-hmm. yes
2: well, Heather and I have been more and more supportive of Pier 39 and Fisherman's Wharf. I think we appreciate the tourism, and we also appreciate the fun. But I wasn't always. I was one of those people, I'd never go out there. I'm wondering, from your point of view, as time goes on, do you feel like San Franciscans are appreciating the space
3: more or less, or does it matter? It certainly matters to us. We, we want the city to embrace Pier 39 and frankly, the entire wharf. It's their their own backyard. COVID provided an opportunity for locals because they couldn't travel as far and to come and sort of experience this wonderful backyard. The waterfront is spectacular. The port's done a good job developing the waterfront. The promenades are fantastic. The views are, you know, incomparable. It's a great, fun place to go. It's a lot of it's free. You know, you can walk around Pier Thirty Nine and not spend a dime if you want. See the sea lions. Go on our musical stairs. There are a lot of things you could do here. Even just the people watching is fantastic. I think. after post-COVID, we're seeing a higher concentration of locals come to the waterfront right now. I don't know that uh, factually, but that's my, that's that's my belief um, because they've had time. And when we were only locals, because there was a period, it was about a year and a half when we were largely only people from the Bay Area and the, you know, the California market, I think a lot of people experienced it and are continuing to bring their kids and come back.
0: Well, um, this is the last chance to make your plug for sea lions for official animal month. Just to let you know, we just interviewed experts on the wild parrots. They brought a parrot with them. We're sad there's no sea lions sitting at the table with us. <laughs> but do <I> don't you, <laughs> know how <sad> are. <laughs> Do you have any last minute plugs for people still making their decision on who to vote for?
1: I think that it speaks for itself when you stand at that overlook because they are so engaging and they are what bring people down here, um, they make you forget all the bad stuff, and you get a fantastic visual, which I think, you know, not to knock the parrots, (laughs) I love the parrots, but once they've done their flyby and screeched at you, <laughs> you can really see much more. I mean, you know, it's, it's something you can keep returning to. You always know where they are, and the entertainment value is off the chart. Yeah. So great ambassadors, great entertainment, you know, family, family entertainment, and that's what it should be all about. Well, they're
2: both, the parrots and the sea lions are both, <laughs> there's an element of serendipity. Yes and yes. something we weren't expecting in the city and came and gave us some joy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
3: So I'll only tag on to say that I'm not sure that people parrot the parrots, but you could hear people going arf, 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 <laughs> all over the beer. So th- that's the strongest signal of the impact of the brand here.
1: Just <laughs> listen to my voicemails.
2: <laughs> I'll bet.
3: I'll just bet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, we weren't expecting that, but thank you so much. This was a lot of fun.
2: (laughs) Thank you for coming on Total SF. Thank you both. Thank you. It's been great. (laughs) Great. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition it's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash yeah. pot. Loved it. I miss that so much. <laughs>